0: hello welcome to the bearded tits podcast hosted by me jack perks professionally i'm a wildlife cameraman but i dabble in podcasting and each tuesday we release an episode as i have a chat with scientists artists filmmakers and passionate people all about nature in a light-hearted and certainly not serious way Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits Podcast, I'm your host Jack Perks. Now in today's episode we've got marine biologist and underwater cameraman Jake Davis. He's based on the Welsh coast and specialises in all kinds of Welsh marine life. But what he really likes, or one of the things that he likes I should say, is sharks, skates and rays. And he has filmed lots of different species including some very, very rare species. So we're going to be talking all about that today, how he does it, why he does it, some of the rare species in the UK. It's going to be a really interesting chat. Before we get into it though, I want to talk about a YouTube series that I've been working on, which is called Chasing Scales. So if any of you follow me on YouTube or subscribe, if you're not, why aren't you? Sort it out. And it's a series of videos where I'm trying to catch 100 different species of fish, mostly for angling, but there is also scuba diving, snorkelling, rock pooling. Pond dipping. So if you're not into fishing, you'll still enjoy some of the vids. I've done 20 episodes. I think a dozen of them are out now. They're free to watch. All you need to do is go on YouTube, search Chasing Scales, and you can flick through some of the weird and wonderful fish that I've been encountering. Now, if you want to support the podcast, the best way that you can do that is via BuyMeACoffee.com. There's a link in the description and you can donate, I think it's a fiver is the minimum. It's the same as a pint. If you would buy me a pint, Please donate to buymeacoffee.com. It's the only revenue source I have for the podcast. I don't have sponsors normally on the podcast because I swear occasionally on it. I sometimes say fuck and stuff like that. And that puts advertisers off. So I could stop swearing. I suppose that would be the sensible thing to do, but fuck that. So I'm going to carry on. If you can donate to the pod, it really, really helps me out. It means I can keep going. It means that I'm independent. So because I don't have sponsors, it means I can say and do whatever the fuck I like. So that, that's a nice way of doing it, I think, anyway. And it also means that I can be very genuine. I like to think that how I am on this podcast is how I am if you bumped into me in the street. There's no persona, there's no fake um, agenda. I'm just talking bollocks to some very passionate people. Now, if you donate via buymeacoffee.com, you can also leave a message which I'll read out in the following week's podcast. So this is one by Tony. Thanks for all the informative pods on such a range of subjects. I think you could be the next sweary version of Attenborough brackets the person not the park in nottingham i can thoroughly recommend jack's photography workshops haven't been on a couple last year keep up the good work thumbs up emoji cheers tony um yep tony came out on a blue shark trip and he also did uh, a snorkel i think tony's done a couple actually with me now thinking about it but yeah i do workshops obviously this is kind of an unsubtle plug for that but if you want to check all that out it's on my website but yeah, cheers tony thanks for coming along I realise that times are tough, you might not be able to donate, and that's absolutely fine. There are other ways that you can help. You can share the podcast, you can leave a review online, that's a fantastic way to help. More people left reviews, that means we're higher up in the rankings, so reviews are really, really helpful. And also you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, because that is somewhere where I do make money from advertising. YouTube aren't as fussy if you say naughty words. So that's a great one. If you can go on to Chasing Scales, subscribe to that YouTube channel, it'll take you two minutes, that would be a massive help. Anyway, let's get on to today's episode. Jake Davis, he's an incredible underwater camera op. He's got some amazing footage, and we're going to be talking all about British sharks. Here's our chat. Jake, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are things with you? Good.
0: Yeah, yeah, not not too bad. Just uh, stuck stuck in the office as uh, as always, which isn't isn't good. But we try and try and strive through. But talking about weird and wonderful stuff gets me. Gets me through it. So, do you want to just explain who you are and what you do for, for the listeners?
1: Yeah, so I'm Jake Davis or JD Scuba. Um, so, I'm a marine biologist, work for Project Shark, Angel Shark, Project Whales. Um, and alongside that, an underwater videographer and an HC commercial diver as well. So, many hats.
0: Yeah, I guess. But when I think of you, I think of, of sharks generally because I don't know if this was like an official thing or just something you mentioned offhand, but isn't one of the things that you want to do is try and film every the the name the collective term for sharks and skates has gone out of my head. Is it something Brank? Go on, your note. Yeah,
1: yeah Lasma so, Brank. Lasma sure. Brank.
0: That that's right. it. That's terrible. I should know that. That's that's horrendous. But isn't that something you'd like to do? You'd like to try and film all the UK ones?
1: Yeah. So where where possible, um, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> a bit of outliers that I can't get done. But yeah, after after filming the Angel Shark, which was almost thought to be impossible uh, it happened i feel like it's a it's the next step is to go and hunt down the rest of those shark species Um, there's so many different ones that will be really exciting and across the uk as well
0: because i suppose people don't realize i mean the the numbers going to fluctuate i guess according to how far you want to cast the net but what is like 40 species something like that or is it more than that
1: so it's kind of like twenty-seven kind of coastal ones, and then it kind of goes up from there with migratory species that come in seasonally, and then some of the deep water species. So I'd rule out the deep water species; uh, a <laughs> majority of them, some of them are pretty deep.
0: Yeah, it's it's mad, it's, yeah. Because I look at, um, I think it's the Shark Trust, and they've got like a load listed on their website. But like twenty of them are all crazy deep sharks that no, unless you're like a deep sea trawlerman, you ain't ever seeing them,
1: are you? No, no, they're all okay. like where is the continental shelf? So yeah, but some of the slightly ones that move into the shallow waters, they're, they're possible. You've got to time it right. You have got to find the find the key information. Really, that's the the bit they need.
0: I did. Um, I did catch a, a blackmouth dogfish uh, earlier this year, which I guess they're deep water, aren't they? You tend to get them in deeper water.
1: Yeah, they're definitely deep, but then yeah, you're up in Scotland, weren't you? So it's kind of that's right. It's, it's the, the the parts of the coast where kind of some of the deep water ones come relatively close to shore.
0: Yeah, that was that was pretty cool because they do look alien. Like as far as I'm aware, because they don't have a swim bladder, they can be released okay. I mean, some a lot of fish when you bring them up, they they don't do so good. I don't know if there's been research into it with sharks, but they were um, they went back fine. They looked like they went back okay, but they're really weird. Like the eyes are bright green. They've got all this mottled coloration. Um, really freaky looking little shark. Really.
1: I think you have to. I think Norway, you can get them there. Oh. In relatively shallow water, I'm pretty sure I've seen photos from Norway. But also, Norway is a place you get chimeras in like 30 meters of water. Wow! That would be a dream of like seeing a chimera in the wild because we do. They are a, we get them in Britain, right? We get chimeras potentially. I think we do again off the, the, the much more deeper yeah. shelf.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I mean, not that we'd ever see them, but as far as I know, like you can They do turn up in deep sea trawls and and stuff like that. But you'd be extraordinarily lucky to see one, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, think, I think I can almost say that's impossible. Almost. Like, got to be careful where I use that phrase now.
0: Well, well, you say that and you mentioned it earlier, but like with the angel shark. So uh, for those that don't know, I think I'm right in saying that you're the only person who's... That you're the only person with decent footage. Let's put it that way. Because I think I have seen some stuff of like just people, with, you know, chucking a GoPro in. But Jake's actually got some incredible footage of of angel sharks doing behavior as well so how, how did that come about and i guess it's a good segue into project angel shark
1: as well yeah it was um so they yeah, like said briefly i mentioned um i've been really fortunate over the years i work on angel sharks as a scientist or a marine biologist biologist um, over that time before 2021 i did say multiple times that it was nearly impossible to film such a rare cryptic shark species off the UK Um, and considering that UK dive conditions aren't always the best. So you're looking for a shark that's flat buried under the sand and doesn't want to be found. And yeah, I said it was quite impossible, but then on a bank holiday, August, 2021, I had the decision of going for a dive or doing some housework. And the right decision was to go for a dive. um, Always, always. (laughs) Best option. And I went to a site that I've been to before, but I went slightly different, part of it and I'm swimming along my buddy swam over a tail and I was like oh there's that looks like a thornback ray that's that's cool really excited because we don't really see many of them on this part of the coast got closer and I was like that tail doesn't look right the only place I've ever seen the tail like that is in the canaries where they are a lot more common and then I kind of sat back and then you just saw this shape come out of the sand and I was like this is it this can't be it kind of breathing rate tripled <laughs> but I was on tanks I needed to conserve air and then got the camera out and started filming. And yeah, that then just captured as much footage as possible because I thought that might be my only chance ever to see such a species off the coast. But I went back, came, came, out, the, came out the dive, got another cylinder, went back in and then managed to find it again for a second time. Oh, on wow. The same. That was, yeah, that was another challenge. I just thought, that's it. Once it's gone, it's gone. But I managed to re-find it, which allowed me to get that extra half an hour dive time to build up a sequence of the angel shark swimming, Burying itself under the sand, and then the, what is the money shot nearly the golden shot of it actually using that lightning fast strike to catch a, a small goby?
0: That was that was mental, then, wasn't it? So, you weren't actually doing that dive to find an angel shot, you were just having a fun dive and you
1: happened upon one. Oh, yeah. 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 I, oh, wow. You know, I was into that mindset. I thought like you could normal, never really go out and look for them because okay. they're protected anyway, so you can't really kind of go and disturb them. But I thought the chances of actually seeing one is yeah. so slim, it's just by chance, and that, that chance happened to happen on that bank holiday.
0: Crazy. How, how big? Because it doesn't look massive. I mean, it's hard to tell scale, but was it was
1: it relatively small? It was 30 centimetres. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, baby. Yeah, almost newborn. Well, it would have been that season's young. So, for us, the work we do then as Angel Shop Project Wales, it was incredible because it provided evidence that there's a breeding population as well off the coastline.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. So with angel sharks, would they have had a wider distribution? Would they have been all over the UK coast or has the Welsh coast always been a a stronghold for them?
1: So historically, through the work I've been doing, um, through looking through archives and and different literature, they were found from the North Sea, so almost just the northern tip of Norway, the whole way down to the north coast of Africa, so up to the Canary Islands. So that's their whole range historically about 100 years ago. Now it's kind of lot less down to originally a stronghold in the canary islands but as work's gone on we've now got figured there's a population in wales there's a population in the west coast of ireland and then there's a, there's another subpopulations within the mediterranean too that include libya corsica greece so there's more research we've been doing is providing more kind of really exciting work that there's still quite a few subpopulations around
0: and do we know why um why they've declined then do we have any idea
1: not directly it's, it kind of varies from Locations to locations, so human impacts being one of the main drivers behind it. But why in these certain areas is is very different too. So it's understanding those more socio um parts for each countries as well.
0: Yeah, because obviously it's such a dynamic creature, isn't it? And you just yeah, it's it suppose it must be frustrating not knowing exactly. Because I don't suppose are they they bycatch? Are people I don't suppose trawlers are catching them? Are they? Or maybe they are. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but majority of our records, especially historic ones, have come through like historical catches. Um, So, for example, in Wales, where thornback were a bit more common, they were accidentally caught through the thornback fishery. So they are, um, but we still get records every now and then. So it's really exciting to hear that if someone does catch one by a bycatch, that they report it to the project and we know, oh, there's actually a couple more in English Channel, um, which we weren't aware of as well. So Uh... it's popping up in different locations, which is good. More people know about the species.
0: So if someone, uh, presumably, you know, whether they're fishing or maybe they're just enjoying the coastline and they see an angel shark, the best thing to do would be to get in touch with with Project Angel Shark, presumably, there's a website or something, is there?
1: Yeah, so as part of the Angel Shark Conservation Network or specifically Angel Shark Project Wales, there's a sightings map, um, whether you're a snorkeler, a fisher or a diver, you can report that sighting on there and yeah, each record is, it's almost like a bit of gold dust kind of understanding what, where they are.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Okay, I'll make sure there's a link in the description. So if anyone, you know, does remember, seeing, I'm sure someone would remember seeing an angel shark. But if they do, they can um, they can chuck that in there. Is there a species of uh, elasmobranch, I was trying hard to remember that then. That you would most want to film that you haven't yet in the UK.
1: Ooh, it depends if it's it's a flat shark or a normal sharky shark because um, there's tops of each one of those ones. Okay, so well have...
0: we'll do both if you like. If that's easier. Do both.
1: Well we'll kind of split the species as far as saying shark, I think. That's yeah. quite a fun doing it. So I'd say for the flat sharks, I was really lucky the other year to film Flapper Skates. That was ah, amazing. They're nice. Like underwater spaceships. Um You were actually yeah. in with them. Yeah, yeah. So we oh. did three di- we did three out of five dives with Flapper Skate. Um wow. they were about just under two meters in length, wing length. They were big. Jesus, um, yeah. And again, you're down at thirty meters on a in a muddy uh, loch in Scotland where you touch the bottom it just comes up with a yeah. of cloud of mud and then all of a sudden this what two meter long skate just glides past you like it, it was nothing Wow. and you just watch it just go past you yeah it was amazing it was really yeah wasn't bothered so, by not, you not really no, no just oh. came so yeah to film one of those was again nothing I wouldn't think would have thought about filming them because they're pretty Pretty hard to spot and pretty hard to find, but yeah, we were lucky to have those dives. So they were ticked off the same year as the angel shark. Two months later, Oh, no messing around. <laughs> yeah, two critically endangered shark species.
0: Yeah, I, I filmed them briefly in Shetland on a on a bruv earlier earlier this year because I went to Oban. So when I got those blackmouth dogfish, that was meant to be for skate, and that's like the top fishing boat in Oban. I didn't want to catch a skate. I I'm, I'm, wasn't really interested in me catching them. I just wanted to see one, and we didn't get one. And then I went when I went to Shetland, I was like, oh, you know, let, let's give it a go. You never know. And that was about 32 metres of water. So lowered this on a bloody great big rope, massive lump of lead, uh, cable-tied mackerel to this cage. Like, it was a real Heath Robinson job. Left it running, and within, I think it was an hour and a half, and then this fucking massive skate comes over, and it just picked up the cage like it was nothing and started ragdolling it. And I was, I, I was really lucky to get that camera back, because you just think it's a big floppy... You know, a big floppy thing. It's not going to be that strong. It ragdolled the cage trying to get the mackerel, and then it just glided off. But it was meant, you know, incredible, absolutely incredible yeah. to get that. I was really, really happy with that.
1: Yeah, they are. They are they're, they're one of the biggest skates in the world. I think they are the biggest skate in the
0: world. Oh, okay, yeah. They
1: are magical they're, things at the same time.
0: They are amazing. So, what, what about your um, your not so flat the top, shark then?
1: So, that actually, the, the, that was the, the top one. Is actually on, on the list now. Would probably be the stingray. Um, oh, okay, the, yeah. You've seen them, I think. Well, I,
0: ha- I haven't in an aquarium.
1: <laughs> uh, I thought you saw them in Sussex. Uh, no, I know that I know
0: they're in Sussex, I haven't seen one. No, so I, I went to Bristol, Aqu- I've got a photo of one, and that was in Bristol Aquarium. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't. I know Sussex is a, is a hotspot for them, yeah. um, and I've had fishermen tell me about that. Um, but no, I haven't. There is some footage, I can't remember who got it, but I think oh, that, that is, to- yeah, that's so- um.
1: They're higher. Well, actually, they are the next ones I want to take off.
0: So, yeah, you
1: It's you say stingrays in UK, and people are like, nah, that, that's not true. I'm like, yeah, it is. And there's some, there's some nice examples of them as well.
0: Yeah, there's definitely hot spots for them, isn't it? So, I know, yeah, that would be you must get. Did you get them
1: off the Welsh coast? Must be the odd one turning up. We do, we do. Yeah. Uh, the last known record we've got is about five years ago, and okay. just, just like three miles away from where I live. So, they are here. It's time in the water, like, yeah, cool. is, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. In there, um, and for, also find if there's a peak season for them when they're most likely to be in the shallow waters.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. It yeah, would be cool. Yeah, I've seen them in the. I think there's probably a different species, but I've seen them in the Canaries. But they were huge. They were like you know size of a bloody car. I was, I'm assuming it's a different species, but um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's, there's some massive species in the Canaries, and then you have yeah Pastinaca, which is the common one that we get here. Ah, got. Uh,
0: got you, got you. Uh, so what about? I don't, I don't want to say normal sharks, but what about you know classic which sharks? Is- what,
1: yeah, yeah what about that? So there's a brilliant joke that I also have very bad luck when it comes to kind of traditional pelagic sharks. I'm on my fifth attempt to try and film blue sharks off the Welsh coast. So if my name's on the trip and um, and you're on that trip, the chances are we either won't be going out or we'll get a minky whale instead. <laughs> have, you, have, you not see, have you not been in with blues? No. No, uh, really? That's, they've, wow. They've, 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 yeah, so Plagic sharks aren't my uh, are my forte. I can say that.
0: Oh, it must it must be the aftershave, Lloyd. There's um, uh, Jake. Sorry, not Lloyd. I'm mixing it up with Lloyd uh, Jones. I've been out with him. Um, you've not. Uh, oh wow, that's really annoying. That's really frustrating that you've not. Um, you've not got them. Have you got plans to go next year?
1: I'm probably going to try and get there. Yeah, hopefully next year. And it's yeah. it's not like I've tried over the places. I also went went out to South Africa. Had trips booked out there to go and see them. That was also canned. So, it's a species. It just must be blue sharks in general. I just don't wanna, don't wanna spend time in the water with someone that spends time with skates and rays instead.
0: Do you think they're turning their nose up at you?
1: Yeah, yeah. That... They they make it harder.
0: <laughs> that's probably that's the same thing with me and tuna. Every time I book a boat to go and do, well, yeah, you were you were booked on one of them, weren't you? Yeah, we've heard um, we. Every time I've tried to do tuna, it's either been cancelled because of weather or we've not seen them. So I think I'm on my fourth or fifth go, and then someone will pop out and, and see, like, loads of them. So I do want to get tuna at some point next year. I'm, I'm dying to see one. Still haven't seen one. I'm, I'm frustrated, really.
1: Likewise. away um, from sharks, they're on number one for the fish. Oh, yeah. Do one. You can, they, I, I, yeah.
0: Some of the stuff people have been getting, it just looks crazy. So, yeah, I'd love to – would love to um, see one for sure. That would be pretty pretty good. So in terms – you mentioned a couple of species there. So the rarest species you've filmed, I mean, it's got to be angel
1: shark, surely, or is there anything else that yeah. tops that? I think, in terms of put the list together, the only reason kind of I made the list kind of feasible is taking off the Angel Shark because that was yeah. kind of like the peak, and I was like, if we've forgot that this list can actually become an achievable target. Yeah, indeed. yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, like things like poor beagle, we might have to blur the lines a little bit. Where you got yeah. to kind of say the, the the English Channel they have to be the the cut off there because there's some places in Brittany where you can actually go shore diving with poor beagles. Shore diving. Yeah, yeah, shore diving. It's, Jesus, it's, it's wow! Pretty um, that so, would yeah. be one of my top ones for
0: sure. Yeah, porgy would be um, would be epic. Yeah, I saw, Is it? There's like a company that run dive stuff, isn't there? With them, um, yeah, on Instagram and some of the. Because I feel like I don't think a porgy would do anything, but they look they look like they mean business. Porgy mean, whereas blue sharks just look a bit dopey, and I think everyone gets maybe a little bit too relaxed because they're still you know still a wild animal but um i think if there was a a big porgy in the water with me i my heart would be going a little bit i'd definitely kind of be oh, keeping yeah. an eye on that but um i would love you can, to see yeah
1: you can only respect them can't you you just watch yeah. them and just fully respect what a what a true predator they really are
0: they just they yeah they are just they're basically a mini great white aren't they essentially yeah yeah i say mini yeah. they're still bloody big but um yeah, incredible.
1: I think they're about just under two meters, and they like, but they're quite girthy as well. So as mm. a shark, uh, yeah. I'm hoping they- to
0: do a trip for them in Cornwall next year in in August as a fishing boat. Who, again, I don't want to catch one, but they they say when they go wreck fishing, quite often these porgies will sit under the boat and they'll just wait for them to bring fish up and then just go. And they'll sometimes see like the the fin of the por- the the nose poking from under the boat, so it's literally waiting there. So they've learned they can get a quick meal by sitting under these boats, and I thought, well, if you just had a pole cam, you could just literally poke it down there. I mean, it's going to be under a boat, which is not ideal, but just just to get a bit of footage, I'd, I'd, yeah, just to see one would be better. But they say, yeah, they routinely kind of in August. I don't know when they pup. Maybe they pup in August, but they um, they routinely seeing porgies on the top, and and they'll follow these fishing boats around uh, around Cornwall.
1: And that, yeah, their favourite stuff is is cod or pollock. So oh, is that right? They're coming up from the wrecks where you got some really nice. Chunky Pollock that's it that's a it's their it's their favorite meal right in front of them every time
0: ah that might be because there's quite a lot um down there. I briefly mentioned great whites. I wondered what your thoughts were on great whites in the uk do you think it's
1: bollocks or do you think there's a chance it's It's always an interesting one because I think like theoretically it's completely possible because yeah. they're found upon the west coast of America in the in the waters that are equivalent to ours or slightly more northward and yeah. colder um so there would be no reason why not. Um equally we have plenty of food for them. Um with like seals and things, but it's just one of those things is who knows? There are always uh, lots of stories out there of someone potentially seeing one, but without a an official photo or video clip, it's really hard to kind of yeah. provide that, that evidence. So theoretically it's possible. Could we get Makos and porgies? So the yeah. two two cousins and the basking sharks. So you get four out of the three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, that are related together. So and yeah, some of the size of these Makos you eat off the coast as well are they're pretty big.
0: That would be as far as I'm aware. I don't think anyone's ever filmed Mako in the UK, have they?
1: Not in the water. I've, well, I've, I've seen them jumping. Personally, seen them jumping as well, and I've seen. that you? Video. Wow! Yeah, Shit,
0: that's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's that was one of the moments, but I didn't realize what it was at that time. Oh, like, okay. We were kind of yeah, we were coming back from Ireland. We were doing a race while sailing back, and it was like a dreamy flat still conditions and a nice sunset not perfect for sailing but perfect to just kind of relax and then all of a sudden there's something jumped out of the water and i just watched it for for a couple of times i was like that's interesting that's not a dolphin what is it and then after a bit of time a few months later i was like oh it's mako because it just makes the, the whole tail when it jumps out it's got a perfectly kind of curved tail sorry not sorry not a mako i've just realized it was a thresher (laughs) <laughs> Just put the whole thing in my mind about it all. It was a thresher. Fresh, fresh is still cool though. Fresh is good. Yeah, so you thresher jump out. Yeah. make I have My best story Mako's off the Welsh coast. Some big Mako's as well.
0: Well, I, when we I did um, uh, Celtic Deep a few years ago, and I think the week before we did the blues, there was a thousand pound mako off the Welsh uh, Celtic um, Deep, which um, yeah. I think was still the record. I mean, well, they didn't they didn't bring it back in. Obviously, they let it go. But I I couldn't help but think. If a thousand pound mako turns up, I'm jumping out the. Fucking, I'm getting straight fucking out. I'm not. I'm not sure. Would you go any more on? Would it bother you?
1: I don't know. I not mm, I'd love to think I'd be fine. Yeah. But then you would at the moment and go, Nah, actually, I respect you too much. You know, I'll just watch you from here.
0: Mm. I've, I saw there's a great video on YouTube of a, a guy filming a, a guy catching a, a sailfish, and he's getting it to the side. He, he So he's in the water and he's filming the angler reeling this sailfish. And then this Mako just comes up from below, grabs the sailfish. And he's only maybe five meters from it, rips the sailfish in half. And you can just see the cameraman go, like muffled, probably saying, oh, shit. But it, 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 I just think if that thing wanted to get you, there is nothing you could do. You are completely at its mercy. But it knew to go for the, you know, it had a choice. It could have gone for the camera guy, or it could have gone for the sailfish. And it wanted the the sailfish. And they're not they're not stupid, are they? They're not out to get you for no reason.
1: No, not at all. They know exactly what their their prey yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, see, you see the mako in the water when and places like the Azores or against the mm. Africa, and they're so sleek. Like okay. one minute they're there, the next minute they just vanished, and they mm. just appear again. And They're just yeah. so cool, so sleek, and yeah, they are a pretty impressive shark.
0: They're the Ferrari of sharks, aren't they?
1: Oh, hands down. Yeah, yeah. so they the, the when they've got like a trail, uh, one of the tow cams, and mm. you just see it. they're doing a good what thirty knots or something. And all of a sudden it comes out of nowhere and it kind of looks at it and goes, oh, that's not food. And it just goes away again. Uh, yeah. Fast.
0: They are incredible, uh, incredible things, aren't they? Um, so how, how do we monitor sharks in the UK then? So you're saying about this angel shark project and obviously some of the other work that you've done. Um, how, how do you go about kind of finding out more information about, about sharks?
1: We do it through quite a variety of different ways. One of the, the main ways we do it is working closely with fishers um, from the mm-hmm. commercial charter boat and recreational sectors, because without working together, we have we wouldn't know half as much as we do now about some of the most critically endangered or some of the rarest shark species seen so we're grateful that they're all on board and all sharing information sharing things together uh, but also communities as well um, they've got some amazing stories some history and, and photos that kind of provide us an insight what it, what it used to be like before but then alongside of the historic information and, and people reporting it we then go out and do um, different things like using baited remote underwater video systems or BRUVS that like you mentioned. So that's that's a technique I use quite a bit because it kind of does two really cool things. First of all, provides us a really nice bit of science. It gives us habitat data, species data, and if sharks are present, we can measure them from that. Secondly, we can also then create content from it and share that and show people this is what's off the local coastline and here's a shark and this is it interacting with the, the natural environment and gives people a little bit of a glimpse of Away from the, the natural perception of people get of sharks. So, yeah, it's that's a really powerful tool that we've been using. And then, yeah, when we get a chance, when we do some stuff, some tagging data, um, but we need a lot of information before saying out a tagging kind of program because there's no point in tagging throughout, for no apparent reason, really. We don't want the questions to really uh, get the tag data from that. So, that's some things we use. And then recently, well, over the last few years, we've doing eDNA, so environmental DNA. So, we collect water samples and then from these water samples we can analyze that to see what shark species are present so from two liters of water we were able to identify i think five species um, of shark present in this kind of very small bay um yeah which is an amazing technique so between all of these different techniques they really have to build up the picture of what shark's present and how they're using welsh waters
0: the the bruvs i really kick myself for where i live because it's the, the worst place to do marine stuff but um I've got kind of a, it's not technically a bruv, but it's just a big camera that can go down and and I just strap food to it. But I did it um, before I I went to uh, Shetland this year. I went to Oban and we were getting spur dogs because it's a species I'd never seen before, never had anything to do with. And again, like as soon as you put a bit of food down, they're on it straight away. Like unbaited cameras, you might get a, a very kind of brief glimpse, but they smell that food and they are on it. And that was incredible watching these spur dogs Come in. So if I lived closer to the coast, I would be on that constantly because it's quite addictive. Because you just don't know what's going to turn up.
1: Oh yeah, you can go through hours of like yeah just plain footage, and there was some some really exciting mm. clips. Like, I think one of the most exciting ones I've had over the years is actually a juvenile tope, um, mm. which was what I think again measured at roughly about thirty centimeters, and that was again very newborn. You can just about make the umbilical scar on the on the underside. So. Mm. Having actual footage of a baby tope in the bay was was really exciting. And it supports um, what the fishers say as well. So it's kind of nice having these two elements together to cooperate, work.
0: Because there's not a lot of footage of tope out there, really, is there? Considering no, they're a you know, com- common-ish right. chart. But yeah, there's nothing, is there, really?
1: I I don't think I've seen any underwater footage or very, very very few clips of underwater footage from divers with tope. Yeah, minus what there is in like places like California or South Africa, where they've got these big kelp forests, which they uh, can hide them. And... But hopefully, well, I've gone now, gone to rebreather, so maybe, maybe next summer, without the bubbles, uh, there's there might be a chance of actually getting them because they are. I think they're flighty when it comes to the bubbles.
0: Do you think you think that's what's putting them off? They can they can sense that and they're just out of there.
1: Yeah, yeah. because yeah. well, they're quite an active shark, where a lot more they. The bottom dwelling sharks like cat sharks or smooth hounds they're okay for most of the time when you're diving around
0: yeah oh yeah because i was going to ask you about smooth hounds but i have I've, I've seen some of your footage so you have filmed you've filmed smooth hounds before
1: yeah, yeah. so i found there's a few places i can go they they tend to be quite a drifty site and um, right. so are just bombing past them but they're there during the summer time in about 25 meters of water
0: oh, okay uh, you mentioned then cat shark as well where, where do you stand on cat shark versus dogfish because it seems to really annoy some people which i don't really understand I, I just sort of i flip between the two if i'm talking to an angler i tend to stick to dogfish because they don't understand cat shark and then if I'm talking to a, a more kind of marine biologist sort of side of things i'll flip over to cat shark but um i don't know how that came about really is it just because dogfish sounds a bit sad or what do you reckon I-
1: I caught me by surprise because since growing up, I fish in fishing family, so dogfish is dogfish to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then science was like, "Oh no, it's cat shark." I'm like, "But that doesn't sound. That's not right. That's not what we said." <laughs> on the ground, it's dogfish, but yeah. I'm the same as you. Then is it depends who I'm speaking to. In general, I'll probably use cat shark because it's now more scientifically correct. Yeah. But when it comes to actually talking to people or communities or fishers, dogfish because we all know what one of those are. Yeah, I quite like catch
0: because they are a shark. I mean, dogfish makes them sound like something else, but you know, they are a shark, and I guess it's they're a little bit catty, but um, yeah, I can yeah, I think, it? that. yeah, I I think so.
1: that's it's the eyes that kind of give it away, and they are they're a charismatic shark species, yeah. I think. But also, if you tell people that's a shark, they're like, that's that's not a shark. I'm like, no, no, it <laughs> is in its own way. This is a shark. I,
0: I remember one of the first dives I ever did, we found um, a, a nurse hound, a, 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 a What's the kind of proper term? Great cat shark? What would you call them? It's oh. great cat shark. It's great bullhurst. That, yeah. So um, I, I saw one, and it was it was quite big. It was really long. So I was like, oh, I've, technically I've dived with a shark. But then when people say what kind of shark, like, oh, it was a, you know, it was a, a bullhurst. But it still it still counts. I've technically dived with one. So they were pretty um pretty good. Do you think more species all turned up? Because obviously it wasn't that long ago we had the um the sand is it sand tiger shark we had to, or so, some sort of weird sand tiger shark got yeah, washed so up. Don't
1: was it down on the south coast of england we had one that wasn't up and then we had another one in the south coast of ireland as well so i think in general i think there was three in total Mm. there was definitely that they recovered to do necropsy as colleagues did that necropsy and yeah that was that was um unusual very unusual but an exciting opportunity to learn more about the biology of that shark i suppose
0: did they did they so you said a colleague did the the necrops of it did they find anything out from it was there anything of interest
1: I can't, I need to, I reread, um, re-read the paper, because the paper okay. was released in October. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, it was It was definitely really good information about the species, because yeah. you don't get to see them like that often. No. And certainly like sharks, like the Greenland sharks, they, they've they occasionally washed up in the last couple of years as well.
0: Yeah, so it makes you think if they're not necessarily more common, but they're out there. I mean, if they're washing it up, they, they've presumably died not too far away. I mean, it depends how rotten they are, I guess, isn't it? But
1: They um, seem to pretty fresh. Yeah. So yeah, so they must be either coming up from the, the colder water into the warmer water or the shallower water for some some reason. Yeah. But this year was a hot year. It was like one of the hottest kind of coastal uh, water.
0: You think that might have something to do with it?
1: Potentially that would be uh yeah,
0: that would be reason. Sense. Because I know that you get I mean, there are records, I can't remember which species it is, but there are records of hammerhead in the UK as well, aren't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there uh, were one or two. I think there was something in the news, wasn't there? They were trying to predict what shark species are gonna be more common and like hammerhead was gonna be that one, but overall, it's been a handful of records.
0: Yeah, I think not- you'd be extraordinarily lucky to come across one in the UK,
1: wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, if I was swimming out, if I was diving out there, and one of those appeared. That would be like the ultimate <laughs> dream.
0: <laughs> well, you've got you've got a couple of rare ones. So if anyone's going to do it, I think it, it'll be uh, it'll be you, Jake. You'll uh, you'll get on them eventually. That'd be good.
1: It's like, like away from sharks as I, as well. It's like the small things, like the like the butterfly plenty was just like an amazing one to film this year. And I was like. That was yeah. an unlikely species to kind of see within six metres of water.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you saw that I, I went through great lengths to find butterfly blenny this year, because I'm um I i was I'm basically, I'm writing a, a book on uh, marine fish ID and, and freshwater fish ID. So I'm doing that. And um I was desperate to get a butterfly blenny photo. And I was trying to search around. None of the aquariums had any. And I wasn't aware of any dive sites where you could get them. So I was like, how the bloody hell am I going to get hold of one of these things? And I was, a boat, a charter boat came up in Dorset and they just had a little picture in the corner on the website. And I thought, that's a butterfly blenny. Got in touch with them, asked them if I could charter the boat just to catch a blenny. And they were like, are you fucking kidding? Like, you want to go out on a boat just to catch a blenny? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I managed to convince other people to go with me and we got four in the day. So I was absolutely chuffed to death to get these little uh, butterfly blennies, And they're really aggressive. Like, they, they bite really oh, yeah. hard. I and mean, it, it clamped onto my hand it
1: fucking hurt like it would not let go and then some of the males they get quite big as well for for blennies, do they and it's i know it's one of the local uh, fishes they call them baby but um baby bullfish.
0: ah <laughs> uh, yeah well, yeah
1: look a little bit like that yeah got yeah they've got that appearance and also they just got the aggression and um, were well, they found that we, you happen to know if, if they were in a like a wealth ground
0: I think it was all broken shells, yeah. So um, there seems to be a connection there, doesn't there?
1: Yeah, where they where we get them off, not this coast, but the further north coast is they're on whelk grounds and they'll get them in the whelk pots Do because they? they lay their eggs in the whelk shells.
0: Got yeah, got yeah. Which is
1: why when I saw what I saw, I was like, that's a really odd place to have a whelk shell, and why is it like that? So swimming up to it, this little head popped out, uh-huh. and he was there guarding his eggs. So it was yeah, it was odd.
0: They oh, is it the male that guards the eggs? i think so Ah, uh, okay that would make sense a lot of blennies do that don't they yeah yeah um but yeah the, the dorsal fin is stunning because obviously i suppose i think with yours it, it wouldn't come out would it i suppose yeah no. so obviously i was cheating a little bit because i caught it and chucked it in a fish tank but um but the the dorsal fin was just absolutely incredible they were really really pretty fish and the other fish that might interest you that we caught afterwards as well was red band fish and they got a couple of those yeah um i didn't i didn't bring them back because i didn't think they would have survived so we let them go straight away but they're kind of a really kind of ribbon like bright red fish really weird looking but i've, I've not like, seen any divers yeah. with them before
1: yeah i can't remember i think i've seen some photos i feel like they're in scotland again
0: okay yeah they uh, get a lot of the weird stuff up there don't they but um yeah, no, I really—I don't know. There's something about blennies. I think that I find them fascinating. I think the the butterfly blenny and what was the other one I got this year? Montague's blenny. I don't know if you get them on Wales yet, but um, there's, oh, yeah. there's there's lots in Cornwall. A lot of them in oh. the rock pools. They're really pretty. Very pretty little fish.
1: Yeah, the single. That's like, right. Comb. Yeah, I've ended up with a lot, quite a lot of talks recently where everyone's like, "Oh, you can talk about the shark stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do one slide on sharks. The next four are going to be blennies and gobies." Good. Yeah. <laughs> And this is like completely changes people's perception on what there is. Can like, yeah. I know sharks are really cool and they are amazing, but look at the smaller stuff. And I guarantee, if you're not convinced by the end of this half an yeah, hour, yeah, yeah, look at them. And they yeah. are. There's so much like there's so much behaviours and like the way they interact, the way oh, they,
0: for sure, yeah. And what surprised me as well is how little we know about a lot of these fish. You know, things that you, are, are relatively common. And then I, I've been doing like research online for the, for the book and like oh when does this fish mate and it'll be like april to november and i'm like well you're just fucking guessing then aren't you don't you don't know when they spawn so there's so much information that we, we still haven't quite pinned down yet which is which is exciting in some ways and you know that it's still out there we need to kind of discover it
1: it's one there's one clip that i kind of show everyone is kind of like to kind of give a bit more of a personality to to some of the sand gobies and the common goby is the fact that they make their burrows in the sand with like a star shape in the center of that, then, is a little doorway yeah. of a cockle shell, and their head pops out, and that's like—it's just a really like example of like it's not just a little burrow. There's a proper design around this. They have yeah. to make a big show about it. It's like it's only this big, but look at the look at the den he's made.
0: It's yeah, impressive. that's it. Yeah, we need we need to get more people on the on the goby bandwagon, don't we?
1: That's it. Next years challenge is kind of keep on building these sequences off of like just gobies
0: definitely yeah they're they're a, I've, i love them they're fascinating but the gobies are just a nightmare to id off well, some of them can be anyway they could be pretty, oh yeah. yeah pretty tricky um, the
1: three marine ones like the sand the common and the, the mainly the sand and common are definitely yeah. the worst too, to kind of to the point you're just gonna kind of have to call them
0: yeah just, just to get go- just, <laughs> just yeah exactly yeah the, the other that i was hoping to get is, is it a fries goby do you know that one
1: yeah they um, they are
0: Next yeah, challenge that yeah, yeah. No, we, we. I know. I think there's some sort of link with um sca- uh, Norway lobster. Is it like those little langoustines? They, I think yeah. they live in the borough or something. But yeah, I'm, I'm yet yeah. to see one anyway. But that, that was one I was looking for. But okay. yeah,
1: to
0: Scotland again. Yeah, Scotland. <laughs> we keep mentioning Scotland. Maybe that's the place to uh, to move up to and and get them there. But um well maybe we should have done this about gobies rather than sharks obviously who wants to listen about sharks for half an hour it's surely a goby exactly (laughs) yeah goby podcast would be well more interesting wouldn't it it'd be a (laughs) bit of a way to go um look mate it's it's been great chatting so if people want to find out more about the stuff that you do where's where's the best place to go
1: um so for the work we do with the the science work which is yeah angel shark project whales or project shark um both of those have a website and then for myself for the underwater videography and, and kind of showcasing the marine environment is yeah jd scuba on most of the social media channels
0: awesome well look pleasure talking as always mate and i'll um see you for a, a dive or a, or a dip at some point we need to we need to get oh, out keep saying we're going to do it
1: <laughs> next year go ahead and see gobies <laughs>
0: oh happily
1: happily cheers mate there is thank you very much
0: That was Jake Davis. Jake actually supplied some footage to Britain's Hidden Fishers, which is the film that I made with Jeremy Wade earlier this year. And quite a lot of the marine cutaways are Jake's. And genuinely, without that, I don't think the film would have quite had the sparkle. His footage is incredible. If you haven't checked out his stuff, definitely do go and have a look, because he's got some incredible footage. And he's just a genuinely nice bloke. He's all good all round. Now, if you want to follow me on social media, on Instagram, it's at fishtwitcher. On YouTube, it's Chasing Scales. Facebook, Jack Perk's Wildlife Media. And over on Twitter or X, whatever the fuck it's known as now, I'm Jack Perk's Photo. Next week is a Jack Go series. So I'm going rock pooling, which is very apt, I suppose, following on from this. So I'm on the Northumberland coast. I'm rambling around looking for some very rare northern species on a rock pools. And there may or may not be some eiders going right at the end. So what more do you want in a podcast? This has been the Bearded Tits podcast. I've been your host, Jack Perks, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers.